Welcome, listeners, to Full-Time Photographer. If this is your first time here, this is the podcast that takes you behind the lens into the world of successful photography businesses. I'm your host, John Stell, and I've spent years honing the craft and the art of marketing as a full-time photographer. In this show, we'll dive deep into the strategies that propel photographers from passion to profession, from branding that leaves a lasting impression to digital marketing techniques that elevate your visibility. Join me as we unravel the mysteries of search engine optimization, demystify the powers of social media, explore the nuances of client relationships through our candid conversations. You'll hear expert interviews, practical tips, and whether you're an established pro looking for fresh insights or just starting out on this exciting journey, this podcast is crafted with you in mind. Together, we'll navigate the marketing maze one click at a time. Welcome again. So Katie is an Ohio native, multimedia artist who specializes in upscale branding and storytelling. She's a graduate from Columbus College in Art and Design, studying psychology as a minor in videography and photography as her major. She has paired her understanding of the two disciplines and has learned to blend the two into a form of visual expression and bringing stories to life. Implementing service of graphic design, web design, motion, graphics, photography, and cinema, capture bold moments and bring ideas to fruition to a finalized product. She's turned her love for storytelling into a career where she thrives on being utilized as a strategic transformation partner for purpose-led businesses, using elegant design and compelling messaging to initiate immersive encounters between individuals and businesses. You can tell Katie went to college. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Thank you for being here, Katie. I want to start it off and just tell us where you're from, where you live, and what the market is like there. Hey, thanks for having me. An Ohio native, as you said, and I was raised in Upper Arlington, which is a small suburb outside Columbus. Spent some time living downtown Columbus, where I ended up meeting my now husband, who's a farmer, and we live out in Baltimore, Ohio. So there's not much of a market here for what I do, but in terms of feeling inspired, I found the quietness of country living allows my mind to create more freely than I did in the city. Surrounded by the hustle and bustle of the daily grind, still am surfacing the greater Columbus area, Ohio, and surrounding states. That's the market that I tap into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, like when you're living in in Columbus, I feel like you probably made a ton of contacts. I know you're you're a very busy, fun girl. Oh yeah, it was a great place to meet people and network and go to events and join into collaborations. And collaboration is what really set this all into motion for me. Some of the artists that I met when I lived downtown were doing the same as as I was building portfolios, and we were all just sharing what we had to bring to the table and making some really stellar art that ended up being published. Uh, Then the internet kind of took off. Like Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was like the first place where you could be like, wow, I made some art. I'm not just going to post a selfie on here. I'm going to (laughs) like share something wild I just made this weekend. Yeah. I think that was, that was such a clicking moment too, for me. I remember being like, you know, because they had all the crappy filters and all like the everything was square, you know, so I really yeah. didn't understand what Instagram was going to be used for. And then when I started seeing people like making images that stopped me from scrolling, I was like, I think I was like, oh, oh shit, this is powerful. And, uh, you know, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, I think that's really like a pivotal moment for what the internet had to offer to creative businesses is that we could actually tell any kind of story that you want to. And if it does stop you from scrolling, that means it's going to welcome you to the page and you're going to want to engage more with what the content is on that page because you're like, wow, I'm really vibing with this artist. 
it's kind of like growing your own little circle and then you get to interact with them and then they become your friend and then it starts over and you keep doing it because you're you're easy to talk to i've i've known you for quite a while and it's always been i love catching up with you because it's always like yeah what have you been doing and then it's a lot of back and forth and then however long and then we just pick right back up it's always exciting to me to yeah to get to talk to you fires me up and we met through photography like online yeah a hundred years yep. ago. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when, cool that we've gotten to keep in touch about photography all these years and that we're both still involved in different ways. Absolutely. So where did you get started and realize that you're going to be a full-time photographer? Well, as a kid was given lots of rolls of film to play with and we were always going to get them developed and I thought that was so fun. My focus was primarily photography in the beginning. I always go back a little bit further than that and remember that it all started with illustration, old school pen and paper, hours of drawing and painting and creating lines and shapes on a piece of paper. From the innocent lens of childhood, photography became a canvas of my self-expression that has evolved into the art of storytelling. I never really fit in in high school and we were offered a field trip adventure to try out to go to vocational school. So so I took the invitation to go to a commercial art tryout at the Fort Hayes Metropolitan Education Center. That's that was expensive. Art. It was free. Yeah, so you just, there's, there's like 15 districts surrounding the greater Columbus area. There was one or two students picked from each district to be in this school. And it was completely free. Every single day of high school for the rest of my junior and senior year, I was at Fort Hayes half the day, new people with new ideas, and we had critiques every Friday. So we had to get used to putting our art up on display for everybody, and we would all discuss the goods and bads. And some days were really good, and some days were really bad. But my experience at Fort Hayes helped me put together a portfolio. So we got to go to like a college fair, put up a whole booth and share our work. So I had things printed in magazine style quality from the work, ended up getting me a scholarship to the Columbus College of Art and Design. I had the opportunity to go to a couple different art schools, but I wanted to stay close to home. There's a foundation study for the first year, they were designed to encourage us to engage with our world intellectually, philosophically, and culturally. That puts you in nine different classes at a time, learning how to draw still lifes, people, and we were taking graphic design classes. We were taking 3D classes. So we were actually building things and using tools. And the next few years is where you really decide what kind of artist you want to be. You know, they say you'll probably change your major seven times while you're in college. And I probably did that. I took a bunch of psychology classes and sociology classes and studying like the mind and the human form led me to really want to pursue a career in art because I was able to blend those two worlds in a way that is like, if I can understand what you're trying to visually represent yourself as, who you want to reach, then I can use both of these things where I really honed in on my artistic gifts was how can I make these such high quality that they will give a bigger business voice for a smaller brand or an individual proprietor. 
So I guess going through all those critiques, going through the motions of learning how to be the best voice for these businesses, I really decided that my love for storytelling could be utilized for other people. And it's a gift that I can share to help people elevate their stories, elevate their connections, and broaden their network. And when I discovered that, it became something that I fell in love with, being able to connect with other people to tell their story is deeply rooted in understanding the human condition and people wanting to feel seen and understood and connecting with others. And I think connecting through art is a way to create a very genuine connection. Beyond the canvas, it's the human experience that truly magnifies this essence. The individuals I encounter, the visionaries and dreamers who entrust me with their creative visions become the shining stars that illuminate my journey. Their stories and dreams and ambitions meld together in the mosaic of connection. There are those moments of alignment where the crescendo of creativity meets the crescendo of a soul's path and the embodiment of transformation. Assisting individuals in manifesting their dreams is like magic. Absolutely. And using all those mediums, you're able to stitch it together because I know you do not just photos, but I know you do video and I know you were saying like graphic design, but I mean, you, I've heard stories, right? We've talked about you doing like full branding packages for stuff. I, I know you've worked on like with some bigger organizations and large events. You've kind of like done whatever, almost been like the whole ad agency, right? Yeah. The most fascinating and rewarding thing about taking a brand or a sole proprietor to the next level is that we get to create something that's never been created before, something that's never existed before. So communicating with each other, I have to be able to hear what they're seeing. Every single one of my clients meets me at a different phase of their journey. So yeah. some people come to me and they've been in business for a year and all they have is a logo and headshots. Some people, all they have is a website. So when you well, meet- Some people just have an idea, right? They're just like, hey. Yeah. Some people have an idea of something that they would love to create or do or offer and it doesn't exist yet. So that's where I come in and think- Yeah, like Legos, right? Like we'll just build it up. <laughs> yeah. So everybody is such a unique package. Every time I give pricing to somebody, I give them three options. So whether it's your logo, your website, your photo package, or if you want the, the full enchilada, that's everything um, included. Yeah. So it's it's up to the business owner to decide where they are in their journey, if they want the full enchilada, if they just want to do photos. And then, you know, sometimes you want to help them with making sure that they have all of those other elements. So yeah, there have been many projects that I've taken on that ended up being much more than what we originally had thought it was going to be. And that's just kind of the evolution of a brand. Um, I love that. Yeah. So you add pieces and parts at a time and slowly it just becomes a, a voice of its own. And that's when you really know when you look at a website or if you look at an Instagram or if you look at both, you're seeing that voice coming through in every facet, whether there's text on top of a video or there's a logo placed on a photo in such a way that you get it. And that repetition, I mean, I studied Banksy and Shepard Fairey, the graffiti street artists, and it was all about 
felt those wheat paste, Andre the Giant. It was repetition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually putting, use that for my branding too. I love that. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, repetition, repetition, repetition. You yeah. want to create such a strong voice that they don't even need to see your logo or your name to know that it's your brand. Well, what's so funny about that, and not to interrupt you, but like no, my little fine. pocket story about this is, uh, so when I was growing up in, in Fort Worth, Texas, I don't know, through skateboarding somehow, we ended up with a of these Andre the Giant has a posse stickers, right? And I remember sitting in this room, we'd been slapping them on everything, right? Back to stop signs, like business windows and bathrooms, like everywhere you could slap. We were hyped on them. And I remember sitting in a in like a room with like, and I kind of realized that we were all just like cool guying each other and that nobody actually knew what it was. Nobody knew where they came from. Nobody knew what that meant. Nobody knew what was happening, right? But Propaganda. we were just doing it. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is genius. Like this is, uh, and then, you know, I started diving into more of, of like what Obey is and what he was doing. And I followed him for a while, but I love his stuff. I went to Rock Hill where he's from and he does, he's got a, he put up a bunch of pieces. Uh, he did the inside of a brick wall and then the outside of a brick wall. And, uh, I mean, first off, aesthetically, it's beautiful, right? Secondly, like unapologetic message that he puts up and, and like all this suburban white neighborhoods and stuff. And people are like, it's so cool. And you're like, the, this piece is saying that you're uh, trespassing on native land. Yeah. Like, blatantly. They're like, yay! That's yeah, they're so like, cool. so <laughs> like, what do you primarily shoot? What, what kind of niche are you in? Creating and leveling up a luxury brand using technical finesse, color, subject matter, space and design principles to elicit emotion in the work to create an emotional connection for your ideal client. Diving into that brand and learning exactly what it is that they are selling, what compositions to use, and what messaging to use for a specific brand has become my niche in helping people sell a luxury service or product luxury services being something that none of us need, but that we all want. So it's been to create that it factor of showing the essence of the service or the owner in their element providing the service or selling the product and eliciting that emotion to connect to new people that say, I want to be that person. I want to receive that service. I need that in my life. It's about igniting a spark within, sparking conversations and sparking change. I believe all these interactions hold the potential to be a catalyst for something greater, whether it's an inspiring shift in perspective, initiating a chain reaction of positive events, or providing a safe haven for voices that long to be heard. So it's really fun and magical to be involved in those processes to utilize all of the fun skills that I enjoy using about my craft to connect them with new people and bring in huge return for them in just creating new art that is shared in a different way than they've ever thought to share it before. And something that I focus a lot on, like I had said earlier, is the client's experience. So what is my ideal client's ideal client's experience. I am really focused on how we can design advertising through photos and design text information, everything like that to connect the two 
people together. So to connect my client to their client. And I think with luxury services, the service sells itself, but it needs to reach a larger audience. And it's always about their exponential growth or their quantum leap. Putting a face to the brand and understanding where that piece should exist in the world to help lead you to your ideal client. I'm just curious how you stay ahead of the curve and how you primarily fund your clients now. Well, I feel like the way that I stay ahead of the curve is not trying to follow any trends, but trying to follow a technically solid voice that represents me in a very bold way so that I like that. I so will... it's almost like you're a product that sells itself. Exactly. And so if somebody sees or hears that I've created something impactful for them or somebody that they know, they are likely to engage with my work and that leads traffic to my website or to my social medias have really never paid for any kind of advertising. It's pretty much all been through word of mouth. And I think that's because of how many things I have said yes to. All of the things have allowed me to continue to have such a large network of people that are always going to be viewing my work. Yeah. And I'm sure that's that turns into repeat clients, which turns into like I, I call it like warm network, right? Then this new client becomes a friend and they introduce you to someone, then you guys become friends and they're like, yeah, let's use you for for this or Oh my God, my friend has this other thing. They need photos. I remember talking. It creates a platform for me to have conversations with all types of people. And it's very organic the way that I have networked and propelled the work that I have created. I even shot a commercial video for an accounting firm. I knew I had to make that look sexy. Nothing more boring to me than the idea of like, I, I run an accounting firm. I need you to take pictures of that. This is where creativity comes into play, right? And knowing that you can give a voice to accounting that doesn't resonate with the idea that we have of accountants. So what we did for that was we showed the clients, hospitals, doctors, restaurant owners, factories. We went on site and captured the clients that they have in their workforce. And the message was to show that We will wear the hat of your financial stability so that you can focus on what you do. That's not easy to turn into a visual, but we created a storyboard. We came up with something really beautiful. That reminds me of the the Chase Jarvis book, Creative Calling. And he mentions that like everybody is creative and there's just so many different outlets of creativity because you think like, all right, somebody that puts together Excel worksheets every day, you wouldn't call that creative, right? But the person that created the Excel worksheet and how you use Excel worksheets, which is funny because everybody has a different style of spreadsheets, like seems so mundane. That in itself can be creative. And so saying, hey, I'm going to shoot this accountant who you might not like label as creative. They still have like some avenue. There's still something in there, right? Like maybe your art is putting numbers into a spreadsheet. I don't think that looks artistic at all, but I appreciate you doing it. 
(laughs) You know, I'm like, wow. But if your brain works like that, I want you to be responsible for me financially. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like you run my numbers because when I look at that, I can't think straight. And so I, you know, it's like, you want to be able to put your trust in the hands of somebody that is trustworthy. And it wasn't hard to represent that they were an incredible brand. It was just hard to make it look sexy, but I did. And I, it's those projects that I'm really the most proud of because I know that they will continue using that video for years. And the cool thing is if you have a really good video like that, you don't need one all the time. And I'm not Mm -hmm. here to tell people that they do. Yeah. But when they do like, you're about here. 99% certain they're going to call you back. You're oh, like, yeah. Hey, it's I'm time here. To go for, again. If, you, if you decide you're over this one in a few years, let me know. Let's do another one. But absolutely, it should reach the right amount of people. If you're thinking like, oh, over the next five years, I could make all of these new clients. Those new clients aren't going to be going back to your website and looking at it all the time and seeing that video. So you really don't need a refresh for them. Once you plateau again and you want to reach a new audience, you could start over and do it again whenever that makes sense for you. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a fun pocket story that you can think of that uh, kind of was a defining moment for you? Because I've heard some like nightmares and I've heard some... uh... My first job out of college was working for a design firm that was basically, I like to call it my art pimp. And he was charging double for my services, giving me half. I get it. He was getting me the work, like an artist rep in a way. But the communication between the client and I could not exist. So I could only communicate with him and he could only communicate with them. When I realized that the project we were working on I was making $25 an hour, which wasn't terrible to to be making that right out of college. But I realized that within the three months that I was working for this business, my work had created almost a million dollars worth of revenue for them. Prior to me working with them, they had only made $9,000 on their online store. And when I realized what my photos had done for their newsletter and their website and their online store... I realized that this was something really valuable, but I'm really yeah. glad that I had that experience. And that, that person taught me a lot because I was able to go out and actually communicate with people and actually help them. Whereas there was issues that we would run into where I would tell him, we could save 30 hours of editing on these images if you would ask the client to rent us more lighting for that photo shoot. He would say, we don't have a budget for the lighting. The reason he didn't have a budget for the lighting was because he wasn't making anything off of that. He was making money off of the editing that he was having me do. And the editing that he was having me do was nothing compared to what lighting would have done. Oh my gosh, he just robbed these people of $3,000 where I sat here for 30 hours and tried to make this backdrop brighter in Photoshop We wouldn't have had to edit these, but he wanted that editing money. And I Hmm. learned then I would always take the right lighting with me so that my clients never had to be responsible for me photoshopping lighting into their photos and charging them more for it. So in that moment, I realized all the lighting and have so much fun (laughs) in the light. All right. Well, I know you were saying you don't spend any money on advertising, but if you had a thousand dollars for marketing, what would you do with it? 
God, what would I do? Hold the front door. No, it's here's a tricky what I would question. Do. Here's what I would do. I would find a videographer to capture me on site doing a shoot or filming a video behind the scenes. And I would turn that into something that I could utilize on my website and all forms of my social media to show more of what I do. You buy a promo of yourself. That's awesome. Yeah, I would. I think that's a good idea. I mean, right. I, I can't. Yeah. How many times you've been on a photo shoot and you're like, and I do the same thing that you do. I'm sure I look at Instagram and I follow a ton of other photographers and artists and stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. They have three photos from their iPhone of like this, like, you know, big production. This is dope. When I'm what? on site, I'm like geeking out about my lighting and where everything is and my camera settings and, and the person and how they're feeling and the vibe that I'm creating. And it's so hard to also capture behind the scenes footage or photos of myself while I'm doing that. So I've yeah. been to so many beautiful things. I have nothing from the behind the scenes to even show what it was or what I was doing there. And so, you know, a lot of social media has become talking on your stories or in a reel and you're explaining things like that. I think for me personally, as more of an introvert, it would be beneficial to me to just be able to show what I do a day in the life of an artist that you might not have envisioned um, just by looking at my work not actually knowing what goes into producing those things is a mystery that I feel like would be kind of cool to highlight on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. That's a good idea. There was a music festival that was coming into town in Columbus and it was called Fashion Meets Music Festival. The first year, the advertising was completely music-based and they had some artists that were really exciting and then they had some artists that were kind of questionable And the fashion show that they had was stuffed in a little tiny theater around the corner from where all the music was playing outside. So unless you were sure of where that place was, you weren't going to actually experience fashion at this festival. So I contacted the creative director, who's a really cool dude, and he got me in contact with the whole team that put this whole festival together. And they were all amazing people. So I went in there and we had a nice meeting. And I said, I really care about the fashion industry in Columbus. It's like what's helped me build my career, going to the fashion shows and working with the designers that I've met from school and outside of school that have allowed me to capture their brands and just explore with my art of using the camera and and the studios that I like to set up places. And I feel like you guys didn't showcase fashion in the way that it deserves to be shown in this, in this city. So Columbus is actually home to the limited L brands. Les Wexner is from here, lives here, and all the flagship stores are here and the campus. So we actually have a lot of fashion that is made here. And then we have a lot of artists that are really talented that showcase their work at um, New York Fashion Week and other fashion shows around the, the world. And I said, with all of these designers, why wouldn't we create visuals that showcase fashion being the headline? So we are creating an immersive experience here. Let's pretend we're Tyra Banks. What would this look like? There'd be stages everywhere, runways in front of the stages where there's models happening at the same time as there's music playing. So we want to fully immerse people in this and really invite them to be a part of 
the fashion that makes this. We're not, yeah. you know, we can't have this, the, all the music outside and then the fashion is inside. We need fireworks. Yeah, yeah. like why separate like, the two? So the second year, they allowed me to host a gigantic photo shoot in this beautiful studio. We had one of the leading salons doing hair and makeup. We had Jerry DePizzo, the saxophone player from OAR involved. And we had Celeste Malvar Stewart, this designer in Columbus who makes incredible things that are featured in fashion shows and magazines all over the world. We had her garments on models in the studio with the saxophone player. So this vision that I created was to showcase fashion meeting music visually. So the shot that we created was the model standing there in front of a fan and we had people on standby grabbing the tip of the tail of her dress, throwing it up in the air And I asked Jerry, would you actually play the saxophone so that it looks real? Like, I want you bobbing back and forth and doing your musical jam while she's just voguing. So what ended up being created was the tail end of her skirt looks like it's coming out of the end of his saxophone. And you can see every vein in his body is just fully flexed and he is playing that saxophone. And she is just standing there like Marilyn Monroe, just voguing. And these photos ended up being printed and put up down High Street, which is our main drag in the city of Columbus. There were 60 posters of this image. I I remember seeing that image. That was um, that was my favorite thing that's ever happened. So I think that was the pivotal moment in realizing how powerful an idea can become so useful to a brand. And that year was more successful than the last year. There was fashion shows all over the place in front of the music, and they really got it. And they embodied this idea of fashion meeting music. And I'm not taking credit for all of that. I'm just I'm just somebody that turned it into a, an invitation visually to people. And I think that it made the experience even more magical for the people that were hosting the entire event. That's a good one. I remember that story because I remember we were fairly like constant contact. We, you know, I mean, like, it's and I love that fun. picture because... I think you posted a picture of like all, that photo being on all the flags like down the in downtown, right? Yeah, I have a picture of just the flags and then I have a picture of my girlfriend and I standing up on the base of the pole. Yeah. Like looking up and we're like, ah. Yeah. Part of the city. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then she was like, how do they, I always remember going like, how do they pick what they're going to put on the flag? You know, who does that? And then when you get to look behind the curtain at all how the magic's made, you're like, oh. You know, oh, it could be an ad. It could be something from the city. This is, could be, you know, it could be laid out like this. Wow, this is really cool. And then, man, seeing your own stuff. I've never had my photo on a flag down the street, so I don't know how it feels. But I know when it's on a billboard, I'm like, I'm like, I made that. That's mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool feeling to know that you are helping that brand speak to that many people that, that see it. Oh, yeah. And I love when it's in like a really high traffic area, too, because I'm like, I don't know. There's something about maybe it's just an ego stroke, but I'm like, probably a million people have seen this photo. They don't know who took it. it there's no like yeah, credit, I don't but matter. it's always like when they're very successful, I'm riding their tailcoat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's well, the much. word of mouth is like somebody will see that poster or that billboard and say, Oh, who'd you have to do your media? And then Yeah, that's the of course I want them. That's the prayer always, right? Please share my story. You know, <laughs> sure. You know, I do this because uh I'd like to keep working. Over the years, I've worked with brands that owned my work. You go to work and you capture for them or you write for them or you edit for them. And at the end of the day, you have nothing to share because you've signed something saying that you aren't allowed to share it and that you aren't allowed to take credit for it. Where they're like, you would just come to work every day and edit 
in this little cubicle and then you go home and you have nothing from this except for lots of money. And I really couldn't take those because I wanted to be more of a part of the success stories and really help people. Yeah, I couldn't do that job. And being chained to a desk isn't really the problem. And it's it's like, I don't know, something about that. I just couldn't do that. I think it would just, that would, that would just crush it me lacks as adventure. a, yeah, there's absolutely. no, there would be no story to tell if you're in there doing that. And I wanted to be able to tell the stories. That was what I needed to express myself and, and being able to help other people express themselves isn't the same as sitting in a silent room surrounded by other people creating something that is just part of somebody else's dream. I'm happy to help people produce their dream, but it's not as much of a connection as it is just being part of the cog. If you are just part of this little system versus, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to look at an individual and say, what are we missing here? Well, how can I help you? Yeah. I I really, or even like even worse than that, you know, you like get in into this stuff, right. And you're like, Somebody sends you, okay, here's the stuff that we're using, you know, make it beautiful. And you're like, are you really asking for a miracle here? You know, I recently had a client that said, you know, I'm keeping my website as it is. And I went and had a photo shoot done and I want you to create a campaign for me utilizing the photos that I had. My plan for her was to find a photographer near her that I know and trust that she could hire since having me come out there might not be the most cost effective. I wanted to find somebody out there that I would trust to help her. Uh, A newer photographer that doesn't have the brand voice that she needed to connect with her target audience in an authentic way. So the images don't represent the artist herself, the path, the journey, the love, the passion. The photos are just photos. And my fashion professor at CCAD would call it anyone with a camera, an AWAC. So anyone can oh, take yeah. a, a, anyone can take a picture. It takes yeah. an artist who has finessed their craft to capture the photos that are going to speak you to your target audience. Yeah. You still can't well, reach the right people with the wrong photos. <laughs> well, and I just feel like a great image is made, you know, like, it, it takes a lot more than just showing up with the camera to take a picture. You know, a, a good image is, is definitely made. And even in an event, right? Like you show up with your camera, you know, the decor matters, the vibe matters, the lighting matters, the, you know, what people are wearing matters. All of the those energy, things matter. Yeah. yeah. And if you can't, you know, we can't say, hey, this is a really elegant, beautiful thing when you've kind of cheapened everything down to a point where it doesn't look elegant. It doesn't look anything. And I, I can only do so much with the camera, you know? Uh, you know, if you want me to draw something, that might be different. But like, I have to use the the light that we have here to make a photo, and I I don't know what I don't know how we're going to make it look the way that you're envisioning it. So, yeah, it's really important to go over those things ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. well, where and, you're even be realistic. Let's be realistic before we even do anything else. Like, if you're you know if you want this to look like a hundred thousand dollar event, and you've spent a hundred dollars. You know, it's just not possible. Right. And if you want, maybe it's just my brain. Well, and if you want this campaign to make you a hundred thousand dollars, you probably need to be able to at least spend a thousand dollars. Well, that's a hell of an ROI. I really shifted into knowing that I can work for medium to large size business 
versus a small business yeah. because what I can create for them is hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue. You know, it's very challenging to try to make something out of nothing. And if you don't have a budget, you're trying to make something out of nothing. It is a lot easier to make really great pictures and really great videos and really great content in general if you have a healthy budget. Um, and that's kind of the, right, that's that's the, the transition from small to medium to large businesses. Like the small business has a dream, the medium business has a drive, and the large business has a result of all of those things together, right? And they're going to keep producing and keep steamrolling these smaller businesses because they have the budgets, they've done the work from the beginning to like be in the position that they're in, which is, you know, it, it's a it's a good position to be in. And it's a good position for us as creatives to work with those larger businesses. And it's always a blessing when, when that happens. But right, I don't care what photographer you talk to. I don't care how big they are. They are still in the trenches helping small and medium businesses create things to compete with these bigger guys. And the more, the more money, the more resources the small businesses are willing to throw at the creative, the, you know, not just money, right. But just like maybe even like loosen the reins a bit and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I know that it seems kind of crazy, but crazy stuff sometimes works and we're going to do this and let's go with it. And they trust you. And it's a success. It's a win for everybody. Now, again, sometimes that, you know, everybody takes a loss, but, um, more, you know, more, uh, more frequently than not, I found that it, it does work because it's not just some harebrained idea that you had overnight. It's something you've been pondering, thinking there's a creative team behind it. They've, they've weighed out the pros and cons and how it can be executed well. Um, and, and, and even the creative team might just be you and this small business owner, right? It's about more than just transactions. It's about building bridges between like-hearted individuals who come together with a shared intention. These communities, guided by authenticity and purpose, become spaces for growth, transformation, and positive change. Through this process, brands cease to be mere logos. They become vessels of emotion, vehicles of connection, and mirrors of purpose. It's about crafting a visual language that not only captures attention, but also touches souls. It's just being really clear about where you put your time. That, I think, has driven a lot of success for a lot of people in so many different ways, which is beautiful to witness. All right, Katie, we'll wrap it up. And I, uh, if people wanted to find you, find your work, or like if they wanted to drop a line, ask you a question, where would be the easiest way for them to get hold of you? If you are wanting to get in touch with me or see more of my work, you can find me at nylandsco.com or ktnylands.com. I go by KT. I would be happy to answer more questions, dive into new conversations, or you can go to all my social media and contact me that way as well. Excellent. Excellent. You have to look at, at, at Katie's website. I think it's really fun. I looked at it for a while before we talked. I like it. It's cool. Thank you. And I'm going to put a link at the bottom and, uh, Everybody should take a minute and check it out. Much love, Katie. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I've, I've had a blast and you're always fun to, to reconnect with. You know, I'm always down to chat. So I hope this was helpful for anybody that's either new to the industry or thinking of ways that they could expand their business in the realm of visual storytelling. And I hope to leave a legacy that encourages others to embrace their stories and infuse their work in authenticity and create ripples of positive change in the world. I'm fueled by the belief that creativity is more than just an act. It's a movement and a force that has the potential to shape the world in ways we might never fully grasp. So in this movement, I invite you to join me as a storyteller, as a brand nurturer, and a community builder. Let's get out there and craft a future where stories are celebrated, authenticity thrives, and purpose is the guiding star. Let's paint the world with the brushstrokes of creativity and let that continue. 
Hey, John, thanks for having me on here. This has been fun catching up with you and talking shop. Have a great one, guys. Thanks. You rock.